Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is Every Voice with Terrence McKnight. It's a new podcast from WQXR that interrogates the culture of our classical music scene, and we look at ways to make it beautiful for all of us. In this series, we're talking about representations of Blackness in opera. Today, we're talking about Giuseppe Verdi's Aida. 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 She was tall, dark, and East African. Not just Aida, but the date I took to see Aida. Neither of us had seen the opera before, but I knew something about it. I knew it was set in Egypt. I knew that an Ethiopian princess was the central character. So I figured my date would fill a piece of home and all the pride and warm feelings that go with that. Aida is interesting because it deals with Ethiopians and Egyptians. And we see an Ethiopian and an Egyptian falling in love. This is bass Kevin Maynard. But this is a magnificent piece with all of the triumph and the pageantry of what we expect in what would be called a grand opera. You hear that? This is why I took my friend to see it. But what happened on stage, I wasn't exactly prepared for. Ten minutes into the opera, she leaned over towards me, which was nice. She said, T, why are the Ethiopians black and the Egyptians white? And why are these black people slaves? This was supposed to be a good time, but I found myself sliding down in my seat. This is Every Voice with Terrence McKnight. Many cultures, many voices, one people. Verdi's opera Aida tells the story of an Ethiopian princess who is enslaved in Egypt. Naturally, it's her father who is the king of Ethiopia. So when the opera opens, he and his army are marching towards Egypt. So then the Egyptian pharaoh dispatches his army to defend their country. The Egyptians are led by Radames, who, by the way, is in love with Aida. While in battle, the Egyptians capture the Ethiopian king, and they bring him and other Ethiopians back to Egypt. Aida is now torn between the father and country she loves and her captor, Radames, who loves her and whom she loves in return. It's a powerful love story. It's an African love story. It's black love. So I'll ask you, is it more powerful, more realistic, or more idealistic to portray the Ethiopians as black slaves and the Egyptians as white. So, that's why it's important for us as the people to come together, right? Talk about In 2022, an African-American soprano withdrew from a performance of Aida in Verona, Italy, because the Russian soprano enhanced her skin tone to sing the role of Aida. 
Back in 2016, this happened in Bristol, England. National Review, December the 1st, 2016. Bristol's AIDA never got off the ground because of student protests. The protesters figured that white students would be cast in the musical, and that would be an injustice to Egyptians and Ethiopians. It would be whitewashing. So the Musical Theatre Society cancelled the show. We wouldn't want to cause offence in any way, they said. One of the protesting students said, whitewashing still exists. It's been done enough in Hollywood. Look at Liz Taylor and Cleopatra. It is indeed a clash of art and identity politics. That was 2016. Now here's something that happened more recently. So I was in an Aida. I was in the chorus at the time. I sang in the chorus for three years. I think I'm the only black chorister in this company, right? So when Aida comes into the season, Malisha, Malisha, we just want to tell you in advance as we give you your score that you are not automatically a slave. This is soprano and arts activist Malisha Taylor. So everywhere that you see in the score that it says slave, we don't want you to feel obligated to play that role. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So then when we come to rehearsal, they hired an extra chorus. The extra chorus ended up being the slaves, the Ethiopians. So they airbrushed them all to try to have some equity or something because they weren't black. They were just supplementary choristers. They airbrushed them all with bronze skin and they bought them all dreadlock wigs. This was not long ago. This was in California. This is a liberal area, right? And then they were like, Malisha, we don't want you to feel like you have to be, so you're going to be an Egyptian, right? And I was like, okay, like, I don't get it. But yeah, everybody was airbrushed in that entire cast. So you were a browner Egyptian than the rest of the Egyptians. Well, what they tried to say is we'll just airbrush everybody so that there's no issue of what's color because some of the black people were also airbrushed. So both the Egyptians (laughs) and the Ethiopians were the same complexion. Yes. But the Ethiopians had the cool dreadlock wigs. And that helped everything feel better. And then, you know what I'm saying? And then that's where you just say, I don't know. I'm not sure that we feel any better. We may not always get it right, myself included, but you know how it goes. In order to get different results, we have to do things differently or else those news headlines remain the same. That's why we do this podcast. That's why I'm so glad you're listening to it. In 1871, white actors and blackface was the norm in American entertainment. And when Aida came to the Metropolitan Opera House in New York in 1886, it was the norm for white singers to sing all the roles. And Aida is the second most performed opera at the Met in its history. The first Aida of African descent at the Met was in 1958, Gloria Davy. And since then... There's been Leontine Price, Martina Arroyo, Leona Mitchell, Priscilla Baskerville, Michelle Bradley, LaTonya Moore, Michelle Kreider, and Angela Brown. Naturally Brown. But here's what's also interesting. Radames, the Egyptian Aida falls in love with, has only been sung at the Met by one man of African descent. And that was in 2022. In fact, his debut at the Met was singing Rodimaze. 
I was actually here to be a cover for the role of Radames and was fortunate enough to be able to go on for a performance, which ended up being my house and role debut at the Metropolitan. And it was an experience that I will never, never forget. You recognize the voice? This is Lemmy Pulliam. To receive the reception I received in such an iconic role is, is something that, that will always be very special to me. One Radames of African descent and more than 100 years of this opera being performed at the Met. That's more than a thousand performances. So we're going to bring Lemmy Pulliam back to this program in the next episode in the role of Radames. And one of those sopranos I mentioned is going to be in this episode to give us a little taste of Aida. Tades, that's what they say in Ethiopia. This is Every Voice with Terrence McKnight. Movies, music, celebrities making bad choices. Crooked Media's weekly podcast, Keep It, has it all. Each week, culture experts Ira Madison III and Louis Vertel unpack the latest controversies, praise character actress appreciation, and share all the gossip in a week. Expect bold and unique queer commentary, award show grievances, and iconic guests like Billy Porter, Michelle Yeoh, Ariana DeBose, and Cheryl Lee Ralph. New episodes of Keep It drop every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. In the last episode of the podcast, I mentioned that Verdi was paid the equivalent of about $1.2 million to write Aida. What I didn't bring up was the name of the man who paid Verdi. His name was Ismail Pasha. He was the Khedive of Egypt, sort of like the general manager. He wasn't the king. So he paid Verdi this decadent fee before the opera premiered in 1871. But then three years later, Pasha was in serious debt, couldn't even get a bank loan. Right now, we're going to do something different. I'm going to take you behind the scenes into our production meeting so we can learn more about Ismail Pasha, so you can get a sense of how we put the show together. Because during this particular meeting, something happened I didn't anticipate. Someone walked by the studio and I just had to invite her in to hear what we were talking about. And so now you're going to get a chance to meet her because when she joined our meeting, this discussion, it just went to a whole new level. So let's go there. This is the recording of me with my production team planning for these episodes on AIDA. Everybody's here. Dave, Pranati, Ariel, Ian, Tony, Jazz, we're all here. We do this for every meeting. And this was Pranati's turn to tell us about her research on AIDA. Here's exactly how things went down. Pranati, tell us what you've been doing. Sure, yeah. So I was just looking at when was AIDA commissioned and who did it. And so Ismail Pasha is the viceroy of Egypt at this time. It's like 1871. And he led this army of 14,000 people to suppress an insurgence, a resistance of slaves in Sudan. So there's a lot of theories that the reason that there's this sort of recurring theme of the dark-skinned Ethiopians is because of the racial superiority that Egypt and the Viceroy of Egypt held at this time. And also what's interesting is that 
the story of Aida actually comes to the Khedive or the Viceroy from a French Egyptologist. So he discovers the story and there's multiple frameworks that are intersecting at this point. There's the sort of, we are interested in Egypt because of the sort of Oriental. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. I just saw somebody walk past the door. Hold on. Hold on. Y'all just keep talking. I'll be right back. So what happened? I just saw Nimet Habashi going past our studio. She's a host here at WQXR, and she knows a lot about opera, in particular, Aida. But even more than that, she grew up in Egypt. Talk about perfect timing. So I went out to see if she could come in and join us to listen in on this conversation. I know she's got a lot to say about Aida and what it means to Egyptians. Podcast team. Everybody, this is just crazy. I just found someone. Um, to join us in on this conversation. Nemet Habachi, she's our host here at WQXR, and she's from Cairo, and she knows a lot about opera. Nemet, I want you to hear what we're talking about. Um, and maybe I'd you can, love to. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Aida, we're talking about home, <laughs> and we're talking about um, sort of the uh, social context in which Verdi composed Aida back in 1870. So, Pranati, can you back up just a little bit and, and, and share with Nemet uh, some of what you were saying to me? Sure. So the story of Aida was brought to the Khedive by Auguste Mariette, who is a French Egyptologist. So there's this growing field of Egyptology at the time, and they're curious about what is this part of the world we don't know much about. And so even in producing this national identity for Egypt, they're using orientalizing frameworks from the West. Can I speak? Yes. This is, so this is my, our podcast team. Hi, everybody. I don't know if Terence mentioned the basics, but I happen to be Egyptian. Born and bred. Anyway, I was telling Terence I didn't have occasion to talk about this at the Met Opera a few times and other venues, but it's uh, it's it's still a great evening in the theater. But it is polarizing. Why, uh, why is it polarizing? Because when all is said and done, you've got a European take on what is the East, and I would bring up Orientalism, which is a book by Edward Said, which famously tells of what it has been like for those of us from the Middle East to look upon the West using our patrimony as sort of exotica for all things Western. And it is Europe's perception of what is Oriental or Eastern. It's not the real thing, and that's the point of his book. I mean, this is Europe's idea of that which is Eastern. Yeah, it seems as though Egypt is at once at the mercy of this orientalizing impulse from Europe, but also is trying to assert a national identity that is drawing from the success of the building of the Suez Canal and the defeat of the Sudanese insurgency and is trying to assert that it is the the Paris of the East in some ways. And so there's this sort of double move that's happening. And in some ways, Ismail Pasha himself becomes the object of that orientalizing gaze. He famously said somewhere during the Suez Canal festivities, I have made Egypt a part of Europe. I mean, it is a tragedy of Egypt's history you know, from the days of the ancient Egyptians all the way down to all the different conquests, down to the French and the British. I grew up under a colonial yoke, 
No question. I went to an English school and wished I came from Surrey, which I didn't. I have mended my ways, but so much for Egypt's history. Anyway, she's a great subject, is Aida. And I would just point out that the heroine is Aida. I mean, the villains of the piece are the Egyptians. Radames betrays his country. Amneris is the bad guy, so to speak. So Aida is indeed the heroine in the piece, the Ethiopian princess. This is Angela Brown, and I will be the voice of Aida on Every Voice with Terrence McKnight. So, Aida, nice to meet you. Hey, Suge, how you doing? Oh, it's about to be on now. In the next episode of Every Voice with Terrence McKnight, you're going to hear directly from Aida as interpreted by soprano Angela Brown. Lemmy Pulliam is going to be back with us as Rada Mays, and you'll also meet Amneris, the Egyptian pharaoh's daughter. And we're going to bring the Met Habashi back with us to talk about what Aida means to regular Egyptians like you and me. Many cultures, many voices, one people. This is Every Voice with Terrence McKnight. I'll see you next time. Every Voice with Terrence McKnight was written and produced by Terrence McKnight, David Norville, and Tony Phillips. Our research team includes Ariel Elizabeth Davis, Pranati Diwakar, Ian George, and Jazz Ogist. This episode's sound design and engineering was by Alan Gofinski, and our original music is composed by Brother Jeremy Thomas, featuring Dr. Ashley Jackson on harp and Brother Titos Sampa on percussion and vocals. Our project manager is Natalia Ramirez, and our executive producer is Tony Phillips. The executive producer for WQXR Podcast is Elizabeth Nanamaker, and Ed Yim is the chief content officer at WQXR. This project is supported in part by the National Endowment for the Arts. You can find more information on the web at arts.gov. Thanks to the Met Archives for invaluable research data. And thanks to all the wonderful guests in this episode. Malisha Taylor, Kevin Maynard, Nimet Habashi, Angela Brown, Lemmy Pulliam. And I call this episode Red Heart, White Eyes. Something we all have in common. If you enjoyed this episode, please take time to rate it. Rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I'm Terrence McKnight. I'll see you next time. You're listening to Every Voice with Terrence McKnight.